Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. I'm Frank Benali. This is Klaus Lundekram. I'm Matt Letizia. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is Letizia. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush. And me, Ray Hunt. You can find me on at Ray Hunt 84. Follow the show on at Number Podcast on Twitter. And on Facebook, Instagram, and Telegram on In That Number Podcast. Email us with your thoughts and feelings on In That Number Podcast at gmail.com. And if you like what you hear, consider sharing your support by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash In That Number. Let's march on in. <laughs> Welcome back to In That Number. This is episode 195. Proud to be a part of the Sport Social Network. This is another show dedicated to you, the fans. The second in our series. Uh, after Alex Haas last week, we'd like to welcome another key member of our Discord family. This time we have Dan Fox, long-time listener to the show. Uh, he's joining us all the way from Bergen in Norway. Uh, a huge welcome to you, Dan. Thanks for joining us today. No, cheers for inviting me on. It's uh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, actually. We've been trying to get you on for a while, but, you know, scheduling has is, is, is been difficult. And 
you know it's but yeah it's, it's great to, to to finally have you on and have a real chat with you yeah <laughs> so you make it sound like i'm somebody in demand and i'm uh i'm, an, I'm just another fan and i'm willing to come on whenever it's uh, no, you are in demand to us it's right. something that we've we, we've yeah. talked about it's a shame that, that kevin can't be here because um, yeah. you know he would have liked to chat to you today as well but yeah, yeah as yeah. i say he's he's traveling back home today so uh but yeah, you you just got me, so I hope that's okay with you. <laughs> I, I I'll manage. I'll manage, Ray. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having Good. me on. <laughs> Excellent. Right. So you live in Norway. Yeah. In Bergen. Uh, but you grew up in in Hampshire. Or yeah. You grew up in Limington, I believe. In, yeah, uh, that's right. In the New Forest. Uh, so that, I guess that's where you uh, get your fandom from. Uh, but being being in Norway, I mean, I, I I guess you don't get the chance to visit St Mary's all that often. No, no, no. Some seasons I only manage one visit for my shame uh, a year. Uh, but uh, sometimes couple... that's all it needs. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we managed a couple. Managed a couple this uh, this last season. So actually, one of them was the pre-season friendly because obviously I've got my holiday in the summer, so it's diff- mm. more difficult for me to come to games during the season. Uh, but yeah, I was had. Um, so we saw uh, Monaco, I think, mm-hmm. and it was what is a match we won. Uh, it was a 3-1 home win, and it was crowned off by a lovely James Ward-Prowse long strike, uh, which is a bit of a vintage thing from open play nowadays, uh, mm. after, I think it's Carl Walker-Peters cross from the right wing. So it's a beautiful goal. Um, and I felt quite positive <laughs> going into yeah, yeah. the season to, after after watching that, and then uh, and then obviously there was uh, Joe Rebo's wonder goal in pre-season. I think the following week or something like that. So I was feeling pretty good about the season to start off with. Um, but yeah, so um, we got, got over to see that game, and I saw uh, I was over in Southampton to watch our home defeat to Man City, which was you know exactly. it was. Yeah, I mean, it's actually a really good first half performance. Um, you were at the game, weren't you, Ray? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I go to the, all the games, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was there. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, you know, I mean, we. I, I look at City and I, I look in awe and wonder, and I think they play beautiful football, and I am a sort of uh, football purist in a way, but I do. Uh, Southampton's my team, and. We played some pretty good stuff, and it was a it was a wonderful bit of skill by uh, Musa Janepo of all players to set up um, Sakumara for a goal uh, for the Southampton to get one back that day. But you know, it, it wasn't as if we were expecting anything other than a defeat that day. But it was is it was, uh, lovely to be back at St Mary's in any case. Yeah, just just nice to be there, and plus being a, a well, I say a Norwegian, but you you got a chance <laughs> to see got a chance to see Harland as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah. that was nice. Yeah, any other match, and we would be supporting <laughs> Harland and wanting him to do well. And uh, had to get he to. Sco- he scored as well, didn't he? He scored a, a lovely. It was almost a bicycle kick. It was sort of a half volley, bicycle, half wide bicycle kick. Yeah, it was a nice, it was a nice one in any case. Yeah, they don't score many, uh, any, many poor goals, do they, under Pep? But yeah. Um, <laughs> before we head into the show any further, I'd just like to add that if you are enjoying the show, then uh, please show your support and head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Uh, any donation will be greatly appreciated. Uh, now then, Dan, let's get cracking with a little bit of ITN news. Now, Actually, we don't normally when we do these, we don't normally have a lot of news to, to, to go over. But there's been quite a bit that's gone on in this last week. So I, I'll start off with the uh, the Sport Republic derby. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we've got a friendly against Gustapa on Saturday, the 15th of July. So, yeah, that's um, that's it's nice that we've got one 
pre-season friendly under you know that, that's been announced but you know that's just ribbons for sport republic really isn't it yeah yeah i mean it's just nice to have one in the bag and something which we was something to look forward to and to to train up for um i don't know much about the opposition so that's all i've got on that i'm afraid <laughs> yeah no that's fine they're, 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 we don't know much about them either it's just that they're they're, they're they're turkey they're based in turkey so we're going to turkey so yeah there we go i did i did mention it on the discord that we could go for a road trip but i don't think anyone's up for it but yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't think my wife would be up for it anyway no, I think there'd be trouble in mind if I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the fixtures then, the Premier League fixtures were, of course, uh, released on Thursday. Uh, I guess people were looking for that, but uh, realised that we weren't at the Premier League anymore. Uh, we have to wait a little bit longer to find out the Championship ones, and they are released next Thursday. So that's Thursday, the 22nd of June at 9am. Dan, is there anyone that you're particularly interested in? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the first thing I look out for is the other two uh, premiership si- former premiership sides that got relegated with us. Uh, we did all right against Leicester last season. Uh, be interesting to see if we can repeat our success. Um, uh, yeah, and I, I, I'm a bit worried about Middlesbrough as well. They score a lot of goals. Uh, that they concede and score a lot of goals, but so it should be a bit like bit like us when we're in the mood. So. Yeah. Um, that could be a, a pretty good game. I'll be interested in seeing where, where uh, Southampton Middlesbrough comes up on the fixture list. Yeah, I mean, I always look look at the opening weekend, and I always look at the yeah. first home game, the first away trip, um, and the you know Christmas New Year. Yeah, uh, and of course the final weekend. Uh, but you know, I I am excited to see that when our our trip to Hillsborough is because that's a ground that I, I want to scratch off my list. I've never been to Hillsborough, so um, I want I want to go to that one. And and some of my my family are interested in going to Millwall. Um, so I might be going to that one if I can manage to get tickets for that as well. But I guess that, that's the pluses this season, really. It's just that we we may have been relegated, but it's a chance to see some some grounds that I've never been to before. So I'm yeah, lovely. The positives there. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think we we just have we have to we have to just and I think also we need to be positive because we've had such a shitty season last season that we have mm. to inject some positivity into the players if we can somehow and try and play a slightly more positive football um yeah but for me living in norway i mean it's going to be more i mean i'm not going to visit the ground so i'm just hoping there's a, some way i can watch the games on tv but from the streaming service but we'll have to i'll have to see what's available have to see what i can do yeah i know sky have ever have, have, uh, have got their new programming so they're going to be showing a lot more uh championship games which is nice but i obviously i don't know how that uh, translates to overseas but yeah, yeah. i guess we'll know more yeah, I'll, I'll well, I'll, I'll find out. If if nothing else, I'll uh, get the radio on and listen to us. <laughs> yeah, I right. get my I get my phone out and just uh, put you on FaceTime and you can. Yeah, there we go. Got, we've got a pattern. <laughs> that's what yeah. that's why I came on today. That's what I wanted, mate. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, also on the Thursday, the twenty second, the draw for the Carabao Cup is to be made. That's round one, which we which we enter this season, which is. Uh, which yeah. is sad, but yeah, that yes. takes place at 2.30 p.m. Uh, and that's live on Sky Sports. So, yeah, and there's going to be a split between southern and northern sections as well. So that well, I don't think we'll be playing Wrexham. I'm guessing Wrexham will be in the north section, but yeah, <laughs> look yeah. out for that. Yeah. Um, the club has also announced uh, the players to be released this season as well. There's quite a host of them, actually, quite uh, some young players and some, some surprises, I, I, I have to say. Um, so I'll go through those. You've got Goran Babich, Sam Bellis, Matthew Hall, Zurio Otse Taiwu, Leon Pambao, Fidel Ross Lang, Jack Stewart, Will Tizard, Jack Turner and Caleb Watts. Um, yeah. A few surprises in there, as I said. I, I mean, Sam Bellis, that surprised me. Will Tizard surprised me. But the, 
the biggest one, I guess, was Caleb Watts because you yeah. know, he's had he's had first team football before, and um, yeah. you know, they've they sent him out on loan. He was at Morecambe last season, and I thought he was going to come back and have some sort of a role, especially in those Carabao Cup early rounds. But no, released just like that. Okay, okay. Well, uh, good luck to good luck to them all. I'm surprised about Caleb Watts as well. I, I saw yeah. he was featured in Fraser in one of the cup games, but it's, it's a while back now, actually. So yeah. Um, yeah, best of luck to all those players. Yeah, and there's two players obviously that's gone out from the first team. Uh, Theo Walcott, which we which we knew. Uh, yeah. And Mohamed Elianusi has confirmed his exit from the club in the week. Um, he'll leave at the end of his contract, and it's yeah, so he'd be likely to be first at the door. Hasn't really worked out for him. And another another Norwegian there. Um, yeah. It's difficult to find a fan, actually, that would put him in their starting eleven. But, you know, time and time again, he's found himself in the manager's thoughts. And in fact, I think, you know, only Salisu, uh, Kai Walker-Peters, James Wood-Prowse and Bazunu have had more minutes than him this past season. So proving that he was doing something right, but it just doesn't do enough on match day for me. And that's no. what, 79 appearances, five no. goals, three assists. And yeah. his last assist came back in October under Ralph. So... Yeah, where do you stand on Elianusi? <laughs> Gosh, well, don't worry, my um, my minor affiliation to Norway is gonna not does not have a bearing on my opinion of uh, Moya Elianusi. Um, first of all, I'll start with the positive of the guy. I think when he's played well for us, it's it's been against the top six sides. When he's come in and played against the likes of Chelsea or um, even City. Well, Chelsea aren't a top six side anymore. Come on. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. I, I washed my mouth out with soap. But, uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, decent sides. Oh, those were spent yeah. a lot of money. Can we put it that way? But anyway, yeah. so uh, he's uh, he does a good job in in that in that respect, and he's because. Uh, we have to, we are expected to be the defending team. We're expected to be the team that's sitting back, and he can do that sort of flying fullback role for us in a way, or somewhere in between that and a winger, and be quite effective. And that's where he's been effective. We've won a few games with him in the side, where in that role. But <laughs> the games which are important for Southampton are the games against the mid-table and lower-table sides, and the manager successive all three of them, all three managers playing week in week out. And no matter, and it's all, and there's always the last pass or, or dawdling a bit too much on the ball. When we when we've got that um, bit of space in the middle of the park or this on the wing, and the crowd crowd begin to make a bit of noise, they realise there's an opportunity there, and he just carries the ball a bit too far, and then goes into the player and gets tackled instead of releasing, or releasing the wrong pass, wrong choice of pass. Mm. And it's that decisiveness which is so important in those situations. And you know, I I, I got to mention Nathan Redman because he was he was the guy who provided as I mean when he left at the time he left or before he left he was not a fan's favourite. We had a, a lot of people have a bit of a whinge about him, but he was our assist assist king might be a bit of an exaggeration, <laughs> but he was did come up with a number of assists a season and he could always find that find the player in the box with that final ball i and think redmond had that spell didn't he where he, well that season actually where mm. he was excellent and we yeah. all thought okay this is the this is his peak he's hit it now yeah. we need to ride on that and then again he just dipped the season after yeah. so with him yeah. it, was bit, it was a bit frustrating but was, i don't think elianusi has never found that has he I'd, exactly. and the, the, the common ground among well many fans especially on twitter are saying that you know he's not a premier league player he's not quick enough um he does seem to be better used in the middle which i disagree with i think i don't yeah. think he's going to be very proactive in the middle either because i just don't think he does enough off the ball and like you said when he's on the ball 
decision making just lets him down. Yeah, yeah. And I think my theory is that he's been selected by all three managers because of his attitude and and he's probably a bit of a kiss ass to the manager. He's probably says all the right things, does all the right things in training, gets himself in the team. But I, I think but you have to look at the performances of the players in the team on match day. That's sure. got to have a bearing about it, you know, and how much evidence do you need before he got dropped? It took until the last match or last two matches of the season, I think, before we we took him out of the team. And uh, so, uh, you know, I, I would say, you know, thank you for your effort, but yeah, <laughs> good luck on your on your travels. But uh, it wasn't the right fit for, for us in Southampton. And uh, off you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, it, I, by all accounts, he's a nice bloke. He's, yeah. I wish him all the best. And I hope that he can find it at top yeah. level somewhere. But if yeah, I could just have a word on uh, Theo Walcott, the other player you mentioned. There, yeah, sure. Because... Uh, I thought I, I was actually disappointed we didn't extend his contract for a season, and I, I mentioned this on Twitter, and this got a, there's a 50-50 family action split on this, because I do I, I take the argument completely that his about his wages we're paying him, mm. a lot, and that's a good enough reason alone to say let's uh, we're not renewing your contracts. Good luck in your future managerial or coaching career or whatever you're going to do, but the last. Um, half of the season, he was good for us, and he was uh, making runs. He was making runs off scoring the goals off as defender, well. scoring goals, yeah, creating goals, scoring goals, and had a th- you know, there's not a lot of players <laughs> we can say that about this season. He was actually, I mean, he's pointing to where he wanted the goal he scored against Arsenal. Um, he's pointing to where he wanted uh, Alcaraz to play it. Mm. He played it inside the defender. He ran out the outside, tied him in his run perfectly to defeat offside, got to the ball before the keeper and slotted it home. It's a it's a textbook footballing goal. A- absolutely mm. shows young players how it should be done. And uh, why? And it's a shame. I understand why he's gone, but it is a shame that he's gone for me because I think he was... If we're going to continue this youth policy with players, we need a few experienced heads in there as well. And he's he wasn't just a experienced head in the squad. He was he was doing the business for us on the pitch, and uh, not for the first half of the season or the whole of the previous season. But suddenly, we had a player who was doing it and uh, scoring, creating goals, and making the right runs. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Really, I think it would have been fantastic in the Premier, uh, sorry, in the Championship for a player of his ilk to. Uh, yeah bring up the younger players but I think yeah the only problem the only reason is what you've mentioned is his wages it's just yeah. too much and yeah. you know with with the drop and the, the the amount of wages that they're going to have to pay I just think that it was a little bit too far which is what I was convinced with uh with Fraser Forster as well I think if if his, his wages are yeah. so high but then again you know Fraser went and got his, his wages at Tottenham so fair play to him I don't know what's going to happen with Theo what a drop off that was though from Fraser Foster. I mean, but Gavin Bazunu, I, I like the guy. I like. I, I think he's. I've got. I still think he's going to do well for us in the long term. If we hold on to him and keep working at him, I think he's still. I'm still positive about the guy. But Fraser Foster was immense for us uh, mm. before he left the club. Um, just the. He's had. He's. He's been like Redmond. He's had very. He's had seasons where he's been pretty poor, and he's had seasons where he's been really flying. But the just at the point where we he left us, he was really good, and he was the reason why we didn't concede. We, I mean, we had a huge yeah. drop off at the end of the season, where everybody was wondering if Ralph should be going. And uh, but Fraser Foster kept us in games. 
It was the defense had given up. Everybody else was on the beach. Anyway, there you go. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. I mean, I'm I, I, bit putting in Bazunu, 20 years old in the Premier League and the situation that we were in following the back of the season before. Um, it was always going to be a difficult situation. If we had have had a stronger head like Forster in there, I'm pretty sure we wouldn't have conceded as many goals as we did. I'm not saying we would have stayed up, but yeah, I'm convinced that uh, Bazunu was dropped in it and uh, it didn't help yeah. him out. It's, it's not going to help his confidence either. Um, yeah, so Jason Wilcox has got a lot of work to do over the summer. Uh, we got, you know, new head of recruitment, Darren Mowbray. He will officially start his role as head of recruitment on July the 1st. Of course, you know, we're unsure of the departures, but we, we can assume that the key players that will be leaving are James Woodprouse, Lavia, uh, Kyle Walker-Peters, etc. Uh, let's just assume, Dan, that they're all out the door mm. and we have to discuss replacements for these, or more specifically, areas in which to improve. <laughs> and there was an article uh, detailing, you know, what positions that we need to upgrade on. And they've gone for centre-back, left-back, uh, defensive midfield roller, and, and, you know, and that, obviously that striker. So I, I want to start with the, with the centre-back position because Salisu and Amar Belakocap should both be leaving. Um, and, and that leaves four that we're still uncertain of. You've got Bednarek, you've mm. got Stevens, you've got Chaleta Saar, and you've got Lianco, who's just been in the, in the news this week because it was yeah. return to uh, Brazil. Yeah, um, and we have academy yeah. prospects like um, Dinal Simiu and, and Nico Lawrence, obviously fresh from their loan spells. But, I mean, let's just say that Salisu, Belakotchap are gone, and mm. we do manage to keep hold of Lianco. Mm. Would you agree that we need to strengthen in this position? Uh, and if so, who, who would you like? If I may the first say, I think it's a crying shame that we didn't see more of uh, Salisu or Belakotchap together in a central defensive partnership over the last season. I think together we saw them maybe once, and they're so such a good good quality but because uh, their confidence drops them anyway i'll leave that there and answer your question <laughs> um <laughs> the interesting thing here is the way that jan bednarek finished the season for us because he again has been a bit of a love-hate figure with southampton fans and then uh, we as, as you previously discussed in your podcast and but he's finished the season really strongly and uh and showed a real responsibility in more of a captain's role and being a bit more vocal about things and a bit less of the uh, typical Bednarek body language. Mm-hmm. For me, he would have been the first player on my list of being out the door, maybe even ahead of uh, Morelli and Usi, uh, a year ago, maybe even yep. seven, eight, eight months ago, because his body language and he's always blaming other people for other people for, for conceding a goal. He's still got an issue of positioning, and particularly when the ball gets in behind to the dead ball line and then comes in across, his positioning is a problem. His, but his attitude has improved, and he's, he's showing that he, he's willing to... I don't know if that's credit to Sayers or, or anybody who's had a word with him, but his attitude has been a lot better. My point I'm, I'm going to coming on to make is either him or Stevens or Lianco could do a job for us as one of the centre-backs. But we had a season where we had Bednarek and Stevens together, together, and everybody was having a bit of a whinge, at least on Twitter, saying we're conceding goals due to the centre-back partnership. It's just not working. There were mistakes from one or the other of them. And then Lianco, he's got that in his locker as well. I mean, he's <laughs> the, the game where we... Played against Fulham, it was one of the crucial games of the season, and we were doing we were doing all right. I think we were one nil up, and then uh, with ten minutes to go, something like that. Tell me if I'm making this up. And then there was the ball over the top, 
which he made a completely complete. No, you're hash right. Of. Yeah, and that was in the 88th minute, I think, as well. Yeah, let that go. Yeah, completely hash of and conceded a really sloppy goal, and I think that and then conceded another one shortly after, and it's just why we couldn't why you couldn't have the concentration when we needed it and the focus when we needed it to deal with that uh, you know it wasn't a difficult situation for a defender this is textbook defending stuff or general you know playbook defending stuff that it should be able to deal with um at the same time lianko's a character but he's uh but you know the the personality and the aggression that he shows on the pitch and fighting for every ball and coming out of position to win things then returning to position and that sort of desire the desire is something that we desperately need in this team because we 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 are a team that is lacking that heart and lacking that fight particularly with players like Maiden Niles who when we needed that urgency in the last few games of the season we just didn't have um so but i would have a problem pay, playing any of those three together as a partnership so I would actually like another uh, another defender central defender coming in alongside one of the three but I don't know which my preference would probably be Stevens because he had wow. that very good seasons when he played along Salisu and they, he looks solid together with Salisu and but, there's, there's also Chaletta Saar as well and Chaletta Saar yeah mm. sorry yeah so um but i mean i mean he's not that dissimilar to the others to lianko i don't think yeah, i yeah. don't think you can play to let and lianko together that no, disaster no. Yeah. Um, but i think bednarik and stevens because he's had a good seat i mean bournemouth are raving about it. they want to sign him yeah on a I, I, like, I, love I think that in the in the championship would be a good pairing i think um and yeah. if you've got to let and lianko as backups and you've still got the likes of simu and lawrence i i, I do think that you know, may, maybe it won't, wouldn't be the first position that we need to invest in if we can keep those players. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, um, I kind of agree. I would like somebody uh, solid, like Salisu. I know he's he, he showed in his body language in the last few games of the season that he wasn't. He, and well, I think he's dropped, wasn't he? Last few games of the season. He was. I, it was his attitude. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was just. He, he, his yeah. head wasn't in it. You can't play a player that's in that no. sort of mood because no. it's just going to be bad for the rest of the team. Yeah. If he feels like that, then just show him the door. Just say, look, he's under contract. This is what we want for him. If you want him, that's what you have to pay. Um, so, I've got no problem with that. For me, I'd quite like to get somebody with decent experience coming in as a new centre-back and have one of the other one of those three playing alongside them and probably I'll choose Stevens and have the other two as backup. That would be my, my solution. But yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, and then there's the left-back. Um this is an area we definitely need to be strengthening, I think, because yeah. um, Roman Perro and, and Juan Larios have, have had injuries, and yeah. Larios has been out for a while now, hasn't it? And hopefully the injury to, to Perro will, will kind of like put potential buyers off. Um, yeah. I'm going to have to assume that he's going because he he is a top quality left back, I believe, and I do yeah. think that he deserves to be playing, you know, top level football. This leaves two very very young players in that position with Larios and Thierry Small, yeah. um, who has been the subject of um, interest from Spurs, actually, Thierry Small. But, oh, wow. Okay. So I don't know. I've, I, I do think that if we have, we have to assume that Perot's gone, injury or not, um, yeah. we definitely need to be spending some money on a decent left back here. All I can say is I agree. Um, I, I think it'd be a real shame to lose Perot. Uh, I think you mentioned on the pod, is our... Uh, is, 
He's our, is it our second highest assist? No, goal scorer, third highest goal, goal scorer. scorer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah, he had a spanner, so, didn't he? Where so he was banging he's, in the goals. He's our joint third highest goal scorer this season with, I think it's four goals. Um, he has got four goals. Same, same as yeah. um, Alcaraz. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, okay. We'll let Charlie off that one. But um, <laughs> he's a bit. Uh, so he's a he's a useful player. So it would be one that Sports Republic should make an effort to keep. Yeah, I think he's would, underrated. I, yeah. I've always said it. I just don't think he's he's loved as much as he should be. What does Tim call him? The bulldog or something like that? He's got. Yeah, anyway, he says, yeah, he's a worker. <laughs> he's got a great work ethic and he really gets up and down the flank and he does. And he, and he's got the potential. We have seen the long shot from him. And I think when you, it's a real, it means that it gives a manager leeway to have tactics if there's players who have a, um, a, a dangerous long shot from them uh, in terms of how, how deep the opposition defence sits if we're going to have players that can spring in behind or sit back and then we have to take a long shot against them. So it's useful from that perspective as well. I would love it if we kept him, but otherwise it's up. To, if he's on his way, then we, that's, I would say that's probably the most important player on the pitch to a position on the pitch to uh, strengthen. Yeah. Well, I think if we're going to get three players, let's just say that we get three quality players for the championship. I think for me, the left back is the second thing we need to look at. The first mm. thing we need to look at really is this defensive midfield role, because for me, Dan, mm. that should be the first target because we've been lacking since Romeo's exit. We, we need a true number six, not a box to box, not, not, not someone that's going to you know roam into the other, into the uh, attacking box. We need someone to sit in front of that back four with a good eye and loves a tackle. Yeah. Our two best players from last season, you could argue James yeah. Prowse and Lavia. They're yeah. both off. Yeah. Um, and we have to consider Diallo leaving as well. And even if he wasn't, Diallo's not good enough, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, another player that's been frustrating. So, yeah. so really, we, we need a couple of solid options there. Now, yeah. there's talk of, of uh, Swansea's Matt Grimes. Yeah. Um, which could be perfect. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure once Martin is appointed, I'm sure the uh, an official bid will come in. And also, that could be in the, in the region of 10 million. Yeah. Because he's what? Is he 28, 29? So I think that could be pretty, pretty crucial. There's also Morton Hillmans is another that we've talked about recently. And then there's Jay Fulton from Swansea also. But I do think that we need to get at least two players in that position. And I think they need to be looking at that first and foremost. Yeah. And when Vossel Martin, I mean, it's, this is interesting, isn't it? Because we've always had this sort of six position, at least one or two. The mayors could have made the role his own over the last 10 years other than the previous season and we've always been a team that's had a four at the back or we've tried various managers have tried three at the back and failed five <laughs> at the back failed and yet they look awful <laughs> and yet they keep going with it yeah let's give it another week it's a bit like uh yeah the captain man will work we'll keep, we'll, keep, yeah. we'll keep trying it it's gonna work it's gonna work yeah um anyway um yeah so the yeah sixth position is is huge and Romeo I mean uh, he's the he's the guy I've got on the back of my Southampton shirt I mean uh, he's a, a, what a wonderful player he's been for us I, I really and he was and the season before he left he was starting to do he's starting to do uh, spreading passes out to the wings he would take the ball out of his feet take it round a player not round a player but just push the ball away from his feet to the side to put his body between the player and the ball and spring the pass out to the wing for one of the wingers to run onto and he had that in his locker as well so it's a shame that we gave him away <clears throat> when we did that's mm. uh, not the best decision but there we go yeah I agree with you and Matt Grimes I mean 
it seems like he really needs to be a, a high, high, high priority for us. And if Sport Republic are worried about the price, the question they need to be asking themselves are how serious are they about Southampton returning to the Premiership? Because, I mean, if if we are going to put in a challenge, then we then you can't have a slapdash midfield. You need to have a, a solid base there. And, um, yeah, if he's... I, I, He's a key passer. You were talking about it in the pod last week about uh, key passes forward. Lavia yeah. had that in his locker as well. Where, uh, uh, Lavia, by the way, is easily my player of the season. It, it wasn't close between him or anybody else. He was outstanding yeah. every Me week. And I, I just think oh, the, it's so frustrating that we're losing these players. I, I really am a bit sad about it, but that's 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 the that's. that's the manner of the beast. Yeah. Uh, just got to get on with it. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Matt Grimes seems like a really exciting prospect for me. And, and for, I'm, for 10 million, it's a, yeah, it's a yeah. must, isn't it? That's not a lot of money in today's market. And we just need to get that uh, Russell Martin deal done, yeah. which I, I believe will be in the week. I, I think that it's going to be an announcement this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once that's done, I'm sure everything will start speeding up then. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope so. <laughs> positivity, positivity. There we go. Yeah. Um, and of course, the the last position, uh, the centre forward, the striker. Um, mm. <laughs> once again, a position that's thwarted us since Danny Ings and uh, Alex brought it up last week. You you don't <sighs> replace a striker like that. You you know you you got problems, and we, we've had that because Che Adams needs that that natural goal scorer to play with. Yeah. Um, that elusive goal threat, the natural goal scorer up front. Yeah. And, and yeah. it doesn't even matter if we keep hold of Che or not, because we still need that person. And we need yeah. to be in the market for that, because you know, Onuachi probably going to leave. Yeah. I'm unsure on Mara. I think he's keen on a move. Um, Adam Armstrong might be used more essentially uh, under Russell Martin. Again, we don't know. Um, yeah. And then we've still got the likes of Don Ballard, who I hope is going to yeah. take some big steps. He needs to, because he's only he's down to the last year of his contract. And there's a lot of people that are going to be sniffing around him. I think I think this is a really important point, because if you're one of these uh, talent wonder kids coming through our academy and stuff, the club has just got relegated down to the championship. You're going to be thinking, well, they're going to be they've got to play me now. They're getting mm. rid of all they're getting rid of all their players. They're selling off all their superstars. Your chance, I'm, wait, yeah. I'm waiting in the wings. And then there's back in the back. Wind the clock back 10, 15 years, and then we had the likes of Adam Lalana coming through from the academy and working his way in the championship and into the first team, and Luke Shaw and these sort of players. And uh, so now's now's the time. Now's my time to shine. And Absolutely. I think Russell Martin's going to have a real balancing act here yeah, to uh, between getting in players with experience and getting giving these kids a chance. I, I actually would love to see. Ballard playing, no, often, can I say. I'm not saying he should be selected every match, but I'd like him to start a few matches. I'd like uh, to see some of the other kids uh, coming in and starting a few matches as well. But uh, you've got to get that, you've got to get that balance. Um, yeah, he's got a job to do. <clears throat> yeah, he has. And, and I, I do think, I don't want us to be, you know, two or three years, we look down the line and say, if only we would have, we would have given Ballard the time that he needs. And, you know, yeah. now he's making a name for himself in the Premier League as like a third striker and he's scoring mm. whenever he plays. I, I don't want that to happen. And yeah. But Sport Republic have said that we expect to have a bigger budget than our championship rivals. So I, I think a large chunk of that fund, it needs to go on a striker because these strikers are not cheap. 
Um, yeah. So there's me saying about the, the importance of that central central uh, defensive yeah. midfielder and that left back. But you think a large, like 60, 70 percent of that budget is going to probably go on a striker if they well, need a goal scorer. If they need a goal scorer. I mean, the big question is, can Adam Armstrong do it again? Mm, and yeah. I mean, and also, to be honest, Shay, give him his dues. I know he's not. I know he's missed a lot of chances, which he should have stuck away last season. But he's a quality striker. I mean, he does so much for the team. And. I think when he doesn't think about things and do things instinctively, then he's a good finisher as well. And not only that, he, he scores goals out of nothing. That goal he scored uh, when we played Newcastle away in the cup in the second leg, it was from yeah. about 35 yards out, 40 yards and I, out. Yeah, that, I always remember that goal against Man City as well during lockdown. Yeah, he just, yeah, yeah. He just yeah, did yeah, it. Yeah. Just, yeah. That was instinct. So say, yeah. Kev's been um, saying that for years. If you give him too much time, if he's bearing down on the goalkeeper, yeah. he's going to miss. Yeah. But if that's he's got the, the ball in the box, one touch, he's going to score. And this is where we've. That's where Southampton have dropped off as well because Ralph Ball was all about um, the red zone and having three yeah. seconds on the do something in the first two seconds, otherwise the chance is gone. Mm-hmm. Play the ball quickly into the striker or get the shot off, and. Because we're dawdling and passing it from left to right and then getting across and having to think about what we do, it's just not as instinctive and it's too cumbersome. And that if if we get the chance, the chance is usually missed. Mm. And I don't think Shay's Shay, that player that needs that quick, non-thinking, uh, instinctive opportunity to, to, to score. I'm a big fan of Shay Adams. I know this is a, he's a player... Well, one of the many players that split the fans' opinions, but I, I love the guy. I think he's amazing. He does a lot of the hard work, hard work holding up the ball. I hope we can keep him. I understand. Me too. I understand if he goes. And just as you say, I hope we get a good striker in. But I disagree with you, and that's where the money should go. I actually think what you said before, that sixth position and the left back is why I think we need to start getting a foundation from the back because we do have if we if we hold on to Shay we've got Shay got Adam Armstrong got Mara who hopefully he's coming mm-hmm. in no we've got um got Ballard. Ballard. <laughs> so there we go. So we're not we're not that bad in the in that position. If we start giving Ballard games then we should be able to get goals. Uh, I would mar- I'd rather we invested and made sure we got Matt Grimes over the line. Oh that said we have that there's that Swansea striker. Uh, Perot. Perot, yeah. He's, he's a little bit tasty. So um, mm. he scored against us, by the way. Do you remember? Yes. Two seasons yeah. ago, the cup. Is the day yeah, that Valerie, I do remember, yeah. Valerie got a really early red card that day and we had to really fight to get through to the next round. But um, Yeah, there's a lot of talk about him and obviously the, the uh, Coventry striker as well, Jokeresh. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, yeah. a lot of interest in him as well. But since we've got this uh, <clears throat> Swansea manager coming over, maybe he could uh, bring a couple of <laughs> players with him. That'd be quite nice. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like I said, you know, transfers will will of course heat up once the Russell Martin confirmation is actually over the line. But there are a few transfer stories that have been circling. I, I'm not quite ready to start up the uh, the transfer roundabout yet, partly because Kevin's not here and I can't be asked. But yeah. Um, but Josh Windass has been in the news uh, this week of Sheffield Wednesday. So there's a potential for, for him. Um, you've had uh, Kazima Legby heading back to Belgium with standard liege. That's a shame because I thought he was going to uh, he was going to come through. Uh, yeah. Burnley have said they want to sign Che Adams. All right. Yeah. Mm, possible. Uh, yeah. And there's uh, Rangers midfielder Glenn Kamare could be uh, available for up to four million. So there you go. If you can get hold of 
I know we're just speculating again, but Glenn Kamara for four million, Matt Grimes for ten million. You've got mm. fourteen million pound on two key uh, spent on two key areas that we need. Then yeah. blow the budget on your striker. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And of course, we've mentioned that Lianco uh, returned to to Brazil with Vasco da Gama. Um, there's another one, Dan, uh, that I wasn't happy to read about. Uh, we all knew this. This is a uh, uh, potential one. Uh, Charlie Alcaraz. Mm. He's a wanted man, and there's a lot of players. I'm uh, sorry, a lot of teams that are interested in him. I mean, why wouldn't they be? You got Brighton, you got Milan, you got Benfica, and Leipzig as well. Um, yeah. And it looks like he's got a price tag of around 25 million. Yeah. Again, he's our player. If you want him, you have to pay that that money. And if you don't, then we, you know, we've got no obligation to sell him. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, it's it's it, that was a tough one to read that day when that when when he when that came out because it's only it was only about two weeks ago he said I'm staying with Southampton and that's mm. not he's not the first player to to do that. <laughs> no. But, uh, but it's you know I guess uh, once the once the off season as Tim puts it sets in and they have time to think about it they sort of think about their career in a little bit more light and think they want to be playing at the highest level and so to an extent I can understand that but he was he was the player. Oh, he is the player, sorry, for us, that is the most likely goal threat. Let's make it plain and simple. He's the mm. player who's most likely to score a goal. Even at the uh, last few games of the season, he was getting in the box, looked dangerous. It's um, those runs that he makes, those timely runs. He's well, just, he's irreplaceable yeah. at the moment for us. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm going to, a little spoiler, my favourite, possibly my favourite goal of the season for Southampton is was the goal at home against Leicester. I absolutely loved it. When you had Alcaraz bursting past the uh, back line and you had the layoff from uh, Shea down to him. And yeah, it was, yeah, it was the ball in from Walcott on the side, on the sideline. Up to Shea. Yeah. Uh, that that turned out to be the winning goal as well. And it turned out to be the winning goal. <laughs> And he, and he carried the ball, hit it from quite a quite, He could have got close to the goal, but hit it from far wide out. It's, it's just the, the balance of the most, it being the most important goal, of the, well, one of the most important goals of the season. At that point in time, it, we were desperate for, to, for that match. And, uh, and it's a lovely goal. So I absolutely love that one. And yeah, he's got the... He's a, he's a player. He can do that. Um, I think, but I th- he's a great player attacking wise, defensively, getting into position and making the tackles and so forth. I do think there's a bit of a question over him. I do think there's a yellow card mm. in uh, in most games there for him. Well, he's um, Argentinian. He's got it in him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, it'll be a, a great shame if he goes. There we are. I think 25 million is a bit cheap as well. I think it should be at least 30. I think it's the age as well, isn't it? And, you know, he's only had half a season. So yeah, maybe. maybe. Um, but, yeah, another one that uh, could potentially go. Uh, Nathan Teller, this situation. Um, apparently, Burnley are unwilling to pay 15 million for him. Um, again, you know, he, he signed a three-year deal in 2022. So he's here until uh, summer 2025. So we don't need to sell him. Um, yeah. We don't need that that funds. We, you know, if you don't again, I'll say it again. If you don't cough it up, then you lose out and they remain here. And yeah. I, I I don't think what well, it's weird with Teller because when he got his chance in the Premier League, I was I wasn't that fond of him. Yeah. Uh, and then he, he obviously gone down to Burnley for a year, and I thought, okay, that's fine. We, we you know we're, he's not a Premier League player in my opinion. But then what he done last season, he's proved that he is. So this could be the you know the the turning point for him. Mm. And if we uh, do, if we are to keep hold of him, he could be very, very important for us in the, in the, in the championship. Yeah, and this is why getting the new manager in 
well, it's taking it's so frustrating that it's taking weeks to get the new manager in because it's only him who know. I mean, we we know the sort of football he played for Swansea, but it's only he will know what sort of football he wants Southampton to play. And if we're going to play with flying wingers or wing or winger strikers, and then Teller's a great option. Uh, it all depends on what what Russell Martin wants. Um, for me, I've always liked the guy. I've always liked Teller. I love the fact he plays with a smile on his face. And uh, his attitude's always been very positive and very good uh, for the team. Uh, yeah, he was uh, losing out the ball a little. He was finding it hard to defeat the last man uh, a little bit too often when he did get his chance in the Premiership. I think the the experience he's had in the last year has really helped him. Obviously, mm. it's another season for him in the Championship if he continues with us. The big question for me is, it, has he become too attached to Burnley to want to play for us? It's important that we have teams, players that come in and are going to give their all and put their heart into their uh, club. And, you know, we don't want any half-hearted performances. And so I think that's the big question mark for me, both that and whether he fits the Russell Martin plan. But, yeah, that's, I like the guy. That, that is spot on, really, that is. And I do think he's 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 got a bond there for life, winning the championship. Yeah, Burnley. yeah. You know, going yeah. on that parade. It's, yeah. It, it can only, you know, you can imagine the friendships that he's built. Yeah. at Burnley and he's going to yeah. want to keep that going I don't blame him you can't blame anyone for that he's he's had his chance in the in the championship and he's passed with flying colours he's yeah. earned the right to play in the Premier League yeah. so you can't you know if, if if he wants to go you can't blame him you well really you can't, can't blame him. him but it's almost like the Romeo situation again isn't it yeah you got yeah. you got you got to you got to put Southampton what's in the interest of Southampton Football Club because like you said at the start he's our player we've got him under contract if we need him this season then that's it put the shirt on let's let's get yeah. going um it's all up to what the manager wants and uh, if he can have a chat to the player and see and find out a little bit about his attitude and commitment for the season ahead, and then we and then we know. For God's sake, Sport Republic, just make this bloody <laughs> deal done because you are holding everything up. We need this to need this done, and we can start, you know, making making yeah. plans for this season. Yeah. Um. But as I say, we got no Moscow mission this week uh, to give details of the internationals. So uh, I will do this quickly myself. So uh, Republic of Ireland, uh, Will Smallbone and Gavin Bazunu, they both played in the qualifier on Friday night in a two-one loss to Greece. Um, Bazunu and Smallbone uh, both started. Uh, Jan Bednarek, Poland. Uh, he played the full 90 minutes in Poland's 1-0 win over Germany, but that was just a friendly. Um, and Norway, Mohamed uh, Elianusi, he came off the bench in their qualifying loss to Scotland. Don't really want to talk about this too much with you, but uh, hmm. as we're on to Scotland, Stuart <laughs> Armstrong, he came off the bench in the 78th minute when they were 1-0 down to Norway. Um, mm. uh, with his presence, they turned it around yeah, uh, yeah. to win 2-1 yeah. um, to keep their perfect record intact. So that's three wins from three for Scotland. So well done. Yeah, uh, including yeah, that, yeah. that win against Spain as well. Yeah, so, uh, incredible. Well done, Scotland. And Kevin yeah. McGee, if you're listening, you can all applaud Scotland at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They kept fighting. I watched the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is, uh, and uh, Norway looked pretty decent. Uh, but they just they've got a problem in their central defence and the Scotland just knew if they kept going, kept going, the chance would come. And uh, <laughs> yeah, well done Scotland's good good win. A bit, a bit like Saints then, Norway. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I wasn't gonna say it, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh Ghana, their um AFCON qualies. Uh Camaldine Sulemana, he will play well, I hope he plays, uh, against Madagascar on Sunday yeah. the eighteenth, which is today. Uh, and Nigeria start their well, play their AFCON 
qualifier against Sierra Leone, also oh, it's under the 18. Yeah. Right then. Yeah. Dan, we mm. had Alex on last week, uh, yeah. and we discussed multiple reasons for our drop. Mm. Um, Alex mentioned uh, not replacing Danny Ings has continued to hurt us. Uh, but if I was to ask you, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can yeah, there into, is. but but where where do you think the main the main blame goes to? There are a lot of things. Um, I think Vasmus Anderson has to take a lot of the blame. Um, it's been the recruitment of players and the recruitment of managers. So there you go. If there's if you want the very short answer, the answer is Vasmus Anderson. But um, I would Decision also say decision making up top. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Totally. But, it, um, leaks, yeah. it leaks all the way down. The decision to bring in the managers, the managers' decisions it's, to play the wrong players, it's when the wrong systems. It's the timing of when we got rid of Ralph. There's still a lot of people who think we should have stayed, kept him. It, there is an argument for that, given the, 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 the two managers that we had afterwards. Well, that's but, easy to uh, say in hindsight, isn't it? It at is. The time, at the time, very much so. Hmm. Very much so. I mean, I became... Uh, I don't like... To, uh, I became Ralph out after we lost to uh, Crystal Palace, not last hmm. season, but the previous before, season before, it was on the, in, in April. And uh, we'd already had a loss to Watford the previous uh, couple yeah. of weeks before that. There's a 4-0 defeat at Villa. And... I was one of when I'm on Twitter, as I say, I'm one of the last to to go over to the Ralph outside, and uh, I just felt like it was a we were on free fall towards the end of the season. It's only because of our wonderful start to this, that season that he stayed in the job. So I really think that if you, I, I can understand if you're going to keep him on to the uh, see the season out and then make a change, great. But we didn't make a change. We just kept him in, and then we can put some more players in. And I think it had a lot to do with. His relationship with Martin Simmons and you know Sport Republic—they yeah. were the guys who brought Sport Republic in, or Martin Simmons did. So there's kind of a bit of a polite um, part to the organisation that yeah, you know, Simmons, you Simmons saved him his job. Yeah, if you were to believe yeah. that, Sport Republic wanted him gone in in June. Yeah, um, but but uh, well, Martin Simmons convinced them to keep to keep with it, and uh, that didn't yeah. work. Yeah, no, it didn't. I mean, it, well, <laughs> we don't know who's which one is right. Um, it, it could have been that keep, keeping Ralph has, Ralph has easily been the best manager we've had this season. Um, <laughs> and we would have had a small chance of staying in the Premiership if we kept him. But that's hindsight. Um, that's only because the other two managers did a, a pretty appalling job. Um, but you look at the uh, the the managers other teams have, uh, have appointed, Wolves and uh, particularly Aston Villa. Yeah. And, they did, and then suddenly changed their fortunes round, and we just made one appointment. Simple as that. So, um, well, even Everton, so, you look at Sean Dyche, he kept. Yeah, it. yeah, but I mean that's sort of like putting the last panic button, isn't it? And get Dyche or Allardyce in, and even Allardyce, I don't like the guy. I don't want him managing Southampton, but he got Leeds fighting. He got he only had five, he only had four games, didn't he, or something like that. But it was yeah. really Leeds players were really laying into the opposition players. They were fighting tooth and nail for the ball didn't help them stay up, but they didn't get relegated as quick as we did. Um, so, you know, you ha we could have got Dyson before uh, Everton did. That would have been a, a better option than Sayers. Sorry, really. Well, I'm convinced if Jesse Marsh had come in, then we wouldn't have been. I would have, yeah. I, w I, was, I was very much in the Jenny Jesse Marsh fan club. I was really hoping... I wasn't, to be honest. Well, you know, <laughs> I, 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 wasn't, well, I wasn't a fan of the appointment. I thought, yeah. no, we can do better than that. But, okay. again... That word hindsight, you look yeah, back yeah. at it and think, well, you know, he was a proven manager. 
I, I do think fine. Leeds sacked him too early as well. I, I do yeah. think that he shouldn't have been sacked when he when he was. Maybe they would have made a better account of themselves if they had kept hold of him. But mm. I don't know the whole Ralph thing and and keeping mm. keeping managers in for too long. The, the the message just gets boring, and I do think you need to change it up sometimes. Yeah, um, so yeah. maybe that's what happens with um I with do, Leeds. I do think giving managers time is is a good thing. And to get, you know, managers, don't, uh, any of the success, big managers, successful managers, Alex Ferguson, for a typical example, started off by losing games. And it took time for him to get the formula right and started to get with a, a winning formula. And I think for me, it was a bit of a, for Ralph, it was epitomised quite a lot with Breuer, because Breuer was a great goal scorer at the first half of the season. And, uh, you know, it was a beautiful mm. goal, but... Uh, I remember he scored one against, oh, when was it? The win against Leeds is 1 0. And it was the Redmond uh, cross. It was the ball up from Vermeu. I think it's, is that right? There's a ball from Vermeu which sort of curled. It's a long ball straight up the field, along the grass, curled around the defender. Yeah, Boyer it about. To it and slotted it home. I think I'm right there. It's either that or Redmond did leg and so. But anyway, he was flying. That's the point. Boy was yeah. flying. And uh, towards the end of the season, he was a deflated, he was a defeated man. He just didn't, he couldn't, you know, he wasn't, he, we, we weren't really giving him any service. And we were playing far too deep, but we're just not playing the ball into him. We couldn't play, we have the panic balls out of defence. There's no uh, composure in the defence. There was no ball in, into pass and then a long ball up to, for Boyer to roll onto. It was just hoof the ball upfield. And that was it. And Boyer had no chance. And he just looked like a defeated man. And I think that that was sort of like, it was a, the, uh, it was a typical sign of how the team was going at that point. And then we were just uh, on a bit of a slope. And for me, that's when Valve should be, should have gone uh, after the Palace defeat, as I said. And then if we made yeah. the changes earlier, then we would have maybe have got a better manager appointed, have time to appoint a new manager in the summer, and and can actually start start the season, start preparing for the next season. And instead of well, they did that in an extent with Nathan Jones, they had the World Cup break. Right? What does Nathan Jones do? He sends all the players on holiday. Gives them a holiday. Yeah, gives them a break. Go, 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 go. It's not like we've got any work to do. Lads. Well, <laughs> we we have we have got that luxury this summer. Bring in a manager early. Get yeah. the job done and start planning. And yet we are still waiting. Yeah. It's Sunday, the 18th of June, and we still don't have a manager. Um, Dan, you talked about you talked about our defence um, or lack of defence. That is yeah. um, surely this has to be crucial to Russell Martin's success. Totally. Um, and I'd like to think that whilst he <laughs> and we are awaiting confirmation, he's trying to figure out just how to make this defence as solid as he can, because that's got to be a priority. It should. It has to be a priority. Building from the back is, 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 is the way to do it. If you want to build a team, you need a spine to the team. You need a goalkeeper, centre back, midfielder, striker. You need a spine to the team, and you need to think about from that spine. You need to sort of have a good, solid uh, centre back alongside the spine, centre back, and full backs, which can do the job. And I just think that um, set pieces, in particular, when we've had. Uh, under in the last year, we've had four different set piece coaches, yeah, and nobody knows what they're doing. And the crazy thing about this, Ray, is that the previous season, I think it was at least at the first start of it, we were good at defending free kicks. The so the guys all stood in a line, they waited, it was such a simple system, and it worked. They stood in a line, they waited for the second, the player's foot struck the ball, and they all stepped up. And nine times out of ten, 
there was a opposition player caught offside and we got the free kick and we got on with the game. That was it. That's all. And, that, and it was working. And that's the crazy thing about it. We were still pretty poor at corners. But anyway, yeah, we'll leave that. I, I, I do <laughs> think that, yeah, there's a... <laughs> what's the word I'm trying to say? Uh, they, they, they kind of overcomplicated it, yeah. in a sense, um, with these changes. Because, I mean, yeah, you mentioned the set-piece coaches. Uh, James Ward-Prowse said the same thing in an interview. He said, not just set-piece coaches, but you know, just shuffling all the coaching around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and everyone has their own way of doing things. There's no consistency. And again, it just makes it overcomplicated. Three managers, obviously, that's massive. Yeah. Um, but at the start, start of the season under Ralph, we had appointed, well, Alex Clapham came in and he was on set pieces. Yeah. He joined from Notts County in, in the June and he had three months and he left for personal reasons. Yeah. Um, and then three weeks later, he, he gets a job in Brazil. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, in the summer, we, we Ralph had a new uh, coaching crew, didn't he? Because Craig Fleming, uh, Dave Watson, I believe. Oh, and Calvin Davis. They were shown the door. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, Ruben Sayers come in and he took over uh, set pieces when Clapham left. And then, of course, Sayers took over from Nathan Jones. And then we had Andrew Sparks, the goalkeeping coach. Um, he, he was then on set piece duties. So I can see what what James Ward-Prowse was saying, there's just no consistency there. Everyone no. wants to do something completely different, whether you do a zonal or whether you yeah. do man, 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 man step up, yeah. Yeah, it's, it was just all over the place. And like you said, nothing seemed to work. And I don't know uh, Russell Martin's coaching staff at all. Mm. I don't know what, what, what his style of play is in, in, in regards to defensive. But what, we do, what I do know, we need to have a stable set-piece coach and we need to have a plan um, and then... Yeah. stick to it because it's going to uh, drag us down and it's one of the fundamentals that you have to train in the summer is set pieces because you and i use brentford as a typical example of a club here they spend so much time on the training ground of putting the ball in different areas of the pitch and taking a free kick and defending it and they do it from almost where the to where the corner flag is and then right round the perimeter to the centre circle and right round to the other corner flag and a bit closer, longer, longer range and further out. And they just practice and practice and practice at defending them. And they successfully defend them. It helps that they've got some decent centre backs uh, to do, to head the ball away as well. But the other, yeah. so that's a factor is actually being ready for having <laughs> the consistency of having the same trainer with the same system and practicing and practicing this on the training ground. And the other factor is having the uh, person, oh, this is why we need some consistency in the defenders. I mean, you didn't see, you don't, if you think about the great teams, the centre-back partnership doesn't really change that often in the, in any of the great teams. And mm. we've had, we've had injuries. That's been a big factor, but we've had peak players coming in and, and then we had Sulisu playing out on the left, as left back some games, and we switched Kyle as left back most games, and and um, we've just got to have some consistency in the way you set your players up. And if they get injured, great, you take him out. If you take the right back out and you put another right back in, I'd much rather we put a kid in as right back than play the centre back out of position just to accommodate the right back and stuck another centre back in as centre back. It's too many changes. We need to have some consistency. Mm. And well, Ruben Sayers has said that the club's too big, it's too bloated anyway, so that might have been a fact. He's just trying to please too many yeah, people uh, yeah. when, you know, you don't really need to. Just keep, again, overcomplicating things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, <laughs> this is... So they need to try and say, these are the players we are going to be in our defence. We're looking at this back four. We've got, we're, we're blessed 
with the right back position. We've got uh, Livermento, who looks uh, he's come back to fitness at the end of the season, and we've got James Bray, who was absolutely superb uh, for Luton before coming to us. He did a good job for us, to be fair. He was, uh, you know, it took a game or two, as it does with all players, but he did mm. all right when he, when he made appearances for us. Oh, he wasn't the problem, that's I was, for sure. I was a, I'm a huge fan of Carl Walker-Peters. It's so disappointing to hear his comments uh, uh, about, yeah, and, uh, I don't care if I play for the team or not. And so yeah. uh, he's going he's gonna to be on his way. I just have to accept that. But yeah, but at least we've, we've got solid uh, options as right back and we just need to be able to define yeah define what the back four is going to be have a system and stick to it and also practice corners it should be fairly straightforward <laughs> you know but yeah. it should it shouldn't it shouldn't be rocket science just if there is going to be movement by the attacking players are they either going to be dragging our defense uh towards the front post or towards the back we concede a lot that's it normally happens that we concede at the back post we just need to be aware of it yeah. with and actually stick somebody there who can deal with it there we go. That's good, but that's what frustrated me. Actually, I'm going to talk about Ruben Sayers now because that kind yeah. of transitions into nicely. Um, yeah. That's what frustrated me with him a little bit because you never seem to learn from those mistakes. It was like, what are they yeah. doing in training all week? You're going to concede from this corner. You could see it coming before he could. Yeah. Um, playing out from the back too many times when we haven't got the players that can do that. Um, we saw that against, um, Against Brighton, we conceded a goal like that. And then the week after against, um, who was it? Was it Liverpool again? Never seemed to learn from his mistakes. And in my opinion, I said it on the Discord, uh, I've said it on many, many times uh, on the show, that bringing in Ruben Say as, as a caretaker manager was not the problem. It was just appointing him permanently when they did have another chance yeah. to get it right. And I'm convinced uh, Sport Republic thought they made a mistake with... Nathan Jones, they didn't want to make another mistake again, bringing in another manager, paying him off if it doesn't yeah. go right. And they just stuck with Ruben Sayers. And it was just. I thought that was absolute madness yeah. that, that when he got, when he was made permanent manager. I just say, uh, well, is the opposite of what happened with, uh, this is going to be an odd reference for you, Stuart Pierce, when he was made caretaker manager of Manchester City years ago. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And he, he kept winning. Every game, he won, he won, he won. And his post-match interview is, so when are they going to give you the job, shoot? And it's like, oh, I've just got to keep going and we'll wait and see. And they just kept on, and they gave him the job after he'd won about 10 games for them on the trot. <laughs> and, then it's, yeah. and then it turned, and then it turned. A bit like um, so, Solskjaer as well. Yeah, you could say that, yeah. So, I mean, so it's just about good good management and of, of, of from Sport Republic. And uh, it was... You know, we've won a game. Great, give him the job. I mean, come on. <laughs> it should take, that was a crazy decision. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he won against Shepherd Wednesday when he was a caretaker, yeah. but he won on penalties. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he, of course, he come in for that Chelsea game. Yeah. Beat Chelsea, but again, everybody was beating Chelsea. So yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah give him the job. Uh, we don't want to spend any more money, especially not. We don't want to pay uh, Jesse Marsh the money that he wants or feel like feels like he deserves. We just keep him in. We haven't got to spend any more money on him. Uh, and then you know. That's what we got, basically. We got relegated because of it. And I'm convinced yeah. then, manager comes in. Well, I'm not saying we would have stayed up, but it would have been a lot more comfortable. Well, anyway. well the, bit, the big uh, characteristic of um, Sayers football was playing without a striker. I mean, that was the thing which was really frustrating. Mm. And I think, uh, you know, he did... Marva got a few games, but he always came off the bench for him. And it was just like... 
the game I attended, the Man City game, it's just like we it worked in the first half playing without a striker against Man City. It was quite a clever system that that time, but we where we scored a goal, just, considered a goal just before half time. We had to change things round. I knew if we we're going to do exactly the same thing in the second half, we were looking at uh, conceding a few more goals. And that's exactly what happened. We had to go for it. We had to be a bit more ambitious and put a, put a striker on. And he just didn't want to change it because he could see it was causing Man City problems. And that's been a, a problem for Southampton with all our managers. It's been too much about damage limitation rather than just go for it. We've been the the, the uh, sorry, I'm going to say it. The nine nils are, are, have <laughs> haunted. I'll bleep that haunting, out. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to edit that out. They're, they're, haunt, they're, they're haunting us. And we're so worried about a rout against us that we don't go for games. And we have to, you have to have some cavalier attitude in football. And that's what, you know, we, other teams have, and we're lacking. And it's just like, you've got to go for it. We're 1-0 we're behind. Don't keep on doing the same thing and hope we get a goal. Do something <laughs> to change it and actually put, get an extra man in the box. Um, yeah, I, the, I, the, do you know what? When I've been at St Mary's this season and we've gone a goal down to a team that we shouldn't, I found myself looking at Ruben Sayers and I'm looking, seeing what he's doing in the in the technical area there, seeing if he's looking at his bench, seeing what he's going to do, seeing if he's talking to his coaches, and he's not. He's no. just sitting there and it's just like, you you can't see what's happening. Why can't you see? You know what's going to happen. We're going to get pumped here if you yeah. do not change something. And again, he doesn't yeah. do it, and it's just so frustrating because I really do like Ruben Sayers as a bloke. Yeah, and by all yeah. accounts, can the players like him as well? They, 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 you know, they've said that they run for a brick wall for him, but it's just not enough. But instead of taking all this weight on their shoulders, they need to be a bit more humble and discuss with their coaching team and come up with a decision together. They're new in the job as something that they haven't done before, and they can't say, "Oh, I've got my coaching badges and I've waited and waited for my opportunity, so now I'm running the show." You know. Yeah. Be, You've got you've got players coaches around you. Have a chat and see what see what the problem is. I completely agree. Yeah. It's interesting the last game of the season, the really fun game against Liverpool, putting scoring mm-hmm. four goals. And uh, I know you haven't asked me about this, but that's the question I wanted to ask you. Sulemana, he scored a couple of lovely goals in that game. Is mm-hmm. he was he playing as a winger or was he playing as a striker? Because it seemed like he was a lot more central than. I think usually. he was playing in that. I think he was playing in that central role. I don't yeah. think he was. I don't think he was playing as a winger. So I think he did try and change things up a little bit there. I don't think Liverpool were defending very well either, and I thought they could use his pace for the middle. Yeah, well, it worked. <laughs> I know yeah. Liverpool weren't. It wasn't. It wasn't a, a huge match for either team. Uh, I would love it, to play Sulemana as a number ten. Yeah. In the Championship. That yeah. Just yeah, I'd love it. it. I just think he hasn't. It hasn't. He hasn't set the world on fire as a, out on the left wing or the right wing. I think, the, I think Kev said the problem is that we do have, we've got a lot of players that can play out in those wide positions. There's a lot yeah. of a lot of people that, that don't want to come inside. But yeah. I think, yeah. But you the first game, the first game he played on. Sorry, sorry, Ray. Sorry. No, it's all right. But, but, it's, but the first game he played in, he saw how much talent he had. And you saw, you saw, he was going around players and he was taking control of the ball and moving it around the pitch. And you just thought, wow, we've got something here. And then the confidence, he's a young kid. And as uh, the games went by and he's played out on the wing and he, he doesn't get the ball the way much or he misses, you know, he gets past the player or it's a rubbish in, uh, centre, almost starts talking Norwegian to you there, into the box. <laughs> um, it's, uh, his confidence dropped a bit. 
And it's just when there's no nothing to play for for the team that you saw in the last game against Liverpool, he was flying again. So you see the, see the raw talent that's there, but he's a player that needs, if we keep hold of him, he's a player that needs nurturing. And I'm interested in seeing how he does his more central role after, the after only, that The only game. issue I have with that is that, 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 that what we did last season, obviously you played Lavia and, uh, and James Ward-Prowse in the centre. Um, and if you do play Suleimana through the middle as a number 10 or just behind, just in front of those two behind the striker, that doesn't leave Alcaraz anywhere to go. Um, and I think playing Suleimana off the left is his natural position. So yeah. maybe he felt you cannot take uh, Alcaraz out of his comfort zone, especially with the way he was playing at the moment. So, again, next season, again, if we keep keep hold of both of them, yeah. what do we do with them? Do we put them both behind a number, you know, a number nine? Well, let's say it's extremely unlikely we keep hold of both of them. But if we keep hold of one of them, then that Absolutely, could be our yeah. ten. That'd be a lovely, uh, lovely. I'll take, I'll take that. If we can keep hold of one of them, I'll take that, and I'll probably take Alcaraz. Alcaraz, if I'm completely honest. I would. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Got some questions about the championship. Yeah. Um, and just questions in general. I kind of know the answer to this first question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, if if Ralph had still been in charge, would we still be in the Premier League? It's a good question. Um, in my opinion, no. But I don't. But I. Uh, he had. He did have a season where he had an awful lot to do with about eight, seven, nine, eight or nine games remaining, and he just about kept us in. Um, it's. It's. You, you just don't know the answer to that. And for me, as I said, he should be should have gone earlier, and we should have got a better manager in earlier. Um, but. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say no, but just marginally. OK, your game of the season? City in the carpet has to be, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 in a way, I didn't care. I guess that, that was just fun. I didn't think we were going to win the cup. I just, for me, it's been about staying in the Premiership. So when we've had the moments like we have in the Leicester game, where all the... Everton away, where it looks like we could still turn our season round and do something, then that's been that's been the positive for me. So again, I'm going to say Leicester at home. Okay, it's good. Fifty yeah. percent of our home wins was that Leicester. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's um, right. Biggest failure of the season, if you could just pick one biggest failure. Um, the appointment of Nathan Jones. Yeah. It has to be that. I mean, uh, yeah, the transfer. The, the fact that we are the second highest spenders again under Chelsea in the winter window is unbelievable. I mean, yeah. how we why we spend so much money on we we don't like spending big money on a on a good player. We spend lots of money on several mediocre, mediocre players. Yeah. <laughs> and a bloated bloated squad, and then that gives us a problem instead of having a a real talent coming in and that that would, who could just energize the other players and show the ambition of the club and show the power of sport republic and taking the club forward but no that's not the way we're always looking for a bargain and hope it works out and it's uh yeah that's been a real uh, mess made by yeah. Vasco and there the club but yeah it's been Nathan Jones with his post match interviews and his <laughs> and the results yeah yeah Okay. Uh, last question. Uh, what position do Saints finish in the championship? This is another toughie. Um, I'm going to say third. Um, well, you, Alex said third as well. Uh, did he? Oh, gosh. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I listened to most of it. Sorry, Alex, missed the last bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
The uh, yeah, I think, but I think we might. Oh, what, why not? We're going to win the playoffs. That's what we're going to do. We're okay. going to win the playoffs and return to the Premiership. It's going to wow. be a, a dream scenario. We need to be. We need optimism. So that's why I'm going for that. But I think we, I, we just need to have a whole new mindset. Almost have a have a good talking to so all the players and get a way of playing that suits the Russell Martin way of playing football. Let's start again. Yeah. I don't, you know what? In in some ways, winning the the playoffs is that is the best way to do it, isn't it? It's obviously you win the league, you get a trophy, and you get the parade and all that. That would be lovely. Yeah. Finishing second, you get promotion, but you don't get a trophy. I think if you finish third uh, and you win the playoffs, that's oh, the best way to do it. Obviously, amazing. you don't want to go through the whole Wembley experience, do you? You don't want to have to go to Wembley to do it because the nerves will be there, and you know. Yeah, but we should be looking at Burnley and the way they did it last season because they, what they did is they kept some of that. Burnley had a little advantage here because they had these players which were not superstars, which didn't really show up on anybody's radar, which they managed to keep. One of them we're quite familiar with. He's called Jack Cork, and the other one is uh, Brownhill. And uh, yeah, yeah, and they just, uh, you know, you need that experience and that level head and then you can and that's why they could bring in players like Nathan Teller and uh, get the work you know it's, it's just a good blonding as you say in Norwegian and a good mixture of uh, experience and pace and youth and to create the formula which you need and we need to start we need to really think about getting that right instead of just putting all our faith in youth or <laughs> or, or people who are just about to retire yeah. putting all your eggs in one basket yeah <laughs> yeah Perfect. Right, Dan, it's been a real pleasure to finally get to chat yeah, with you. We're done. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's been a lovely chat. Cheers, Ray. Thanks. It has been good. Yeah. And plus, you know, I, I'm missing football. So yeah, me too. Yeah. It's nice to actually sit down and uh, even though it is Saints. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. No, it's been a real pleasure. But uh, say hello to the other guys for me. And uh, yeah. And uh, I'll let you know when I'm next, next at the game. All right. Perfect. Amazing. Cheers, Dan. Super. Thanks very much. Bye. Up the Saints. Up at Southampton. Sports Social Podcast Network.